I'm super excited and nervous. I'm extra nervous too, but I don't have any reason to be nervous because I feel like I know almost all of you. We started coming to Church Project when my now five-year-old was 10 months old. So that's like four years of being a part of a body. Um, and a lot of you have walked with me through life. We've got history together. When Aaron texted me and told me the topic, I had no idea what I was going to pick, which is silly because I love the Imagos. I always think, oh, I could do this for an Imago, or I could do that for an Imago. But when you have to talk about something for 25 minutes, then it feels really complicated. But I started to watch and listen. And a lot of my life now is consumed with school. I take full-time classes at UNC. I'm studying sociology. Which means that we take the individual, we kind of back up and observe how the individual affects society. So then we're watching groups of people too. All of my classes this semester covered the history of racism and inequality. So it was a super heavy semester for me. I left every class, I take three classes on campus and I did one online. Every single one of them left me really depressed and I was like, this is our history. This is what people were swept up in. It just seemed like fate, right? Like it just happened and we're helpless to, to stop it. But then I went to one class and the professor was like, we're gonna watch another documentary today. And I thought, no, not another one. I have to listen to more of this. And it was about the prison system and all kinds of nasty stuff. But one of the interviewees said, history doesn't happen by accident. And that actually stopped me. And I started listening to the rest of the documentary. And <laughs> I was paying attention after that. But it's true, right? History doesn't happen by accident. We make it happen. So maybe there's a lot of ugliness in history, but that's what people have caused with their actions. Uh, we see history as like the big picture, just like uh, I view sociology, it's the big picture of people. That's what history is, is the big picture of each individual's steps, one step at a time. Some examples that I thought of was Harriet Tubman. She was born into slavery a long time ago, and as a child was caused brain damage when her owner threw a metal rod at another slave but hit her in the head instead. This caused her to have a, some kind of form of narcolepsy, so she would just fall asleep randomly. That didn't stop her, though, from living her convictions. She escaped slavery once, might I add. This was not multiple times that she tried. She waited until the right time to leave. And she got away to freedom, but then decided she was gonna go back and start helping people who were enslaved. So she went back once, helped them, went back again, helped them, back and forth, back and forth. Over the course of time, this freed 71 slaves. Wow. That's not all she did, though. She was the first woman 
to lead an armed raid during the Civil War, the result of that raid was 700 slaves being freed. Do you think that she planned that? You think when she escaped for her own freedom and then went back once, twice, lots of times, she thought, I'm going to free 761 people? Probably not. Another person is somebody named Edward Jenner. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I hadn't heard of him until recently. He pioneered vaccinations. The one vaccination that he felt particularly drawn to was smallpox. So what he did is he infected about 25 people with a more mild version of smallpox, which is cowpox. Then he studied the results and the effects of this and documented it over time. The medical community did not have information about vaccinations at all. They really didn't understand how they worked in the human body. Because of him, smallpox doesn't exist in our world today. He didn't know that's what he was going to do when he was just curious about something. He didn't succeed the first time he infected somebody. He didn't have all the information when he stepped out to do that. Another person who I'm not going to spend a lot of time explaining, because he doesn't deserve it, is Adolf Hitler. Dude was crazy. Uh, that's that really nothing else needs to be said. But he had to charm his way to the top, right? He convinced some people, even though he was what we could call him evil. Some people weren't convinced, but that didn't stop him, right? And he changed history. Some of these people might have moved with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them. We're going to assume one of them did not. <laughs> what would happen, church, if we gave the Holy Spirit that freedom to move inside of us? What would happen? We, we, see, we see it. We, I gave you three examples, and there are so many more. We could change the world we live in, and we could be huge part of history. There are other people. They're actually listed in the Bible. Paul made a fancy list for us. So that's in Hebrews chapter 11. That's on page 1,873 in these black Bibles. Paul calls it, well, I don't know if Paul calls it, but a lot of people call it the Hall of Faith. I call it our faith history. I've always called it that for some reason. I don't, don't know why, but um, these are people that we can model our life after, right? We're not going to spend a ton of time in this chapter because there's an even better part, I think. But we see if the very first verse of chapter 11. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see. That is the defining characteristic of the people that are listed here. It's faith. They're normal people who lived normal lives, and they're also broken people. One person here who just happens to be one of my favorites is Rahab. We all know what she did for a living. She wasn't 
super righteous, but God still used her because he had a plan for her. The only way we can make a worthy history happen is if we live by faith. These people that we're just going to cover really quick, they didn't see the outcome, and we're not always going to see the outcome of stepping out. But if we remain confident and assured that God will do what he promised, we're going to create change. These people here, we've got Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah. Sarah laughed at God when he told her that he was going to move. And he still moved for her. Who else? Who else is in here? All these people were still living by faith when they died. We've got more Abraham. We've got Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Joseph, Moses. The Israelites. Didn't they doubt God all the time? They, they, didn't, they didn't believe him ever. And they complained all the time, every time. He didn't do what they thought he should do. They were complaining, and he was still parting waters on their behalf. <clears throat> the walls of Jericho were felled for the same people who complained day after day. And even Paul says, I, I don't even have time to talk about everybody who lived by faith. But that's why they're here in the Bible, is because of their faith. It's not because of their righteousness, their faith was credited to them as righteousness. That's all we need, you guys. We just need to believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. So here we are, really quick, blowing through chapter 11, just so that we can get to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I love this passage. I actually love the whole Bible. So if you're not reading your Bible, you should, because it's, it's just awesome. <laughs> and if you don't have a Bible to read, I feel like I could say, take one of these black ones. Take a Bible home with you. You should be reading, because I just love the Bible, and you would too if you read it. Hebrews <laughs> chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to read it. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Therefore, this is such an overused explanation, but if there is a therefore, you should read what's before it. That's why we covered chapter 11, because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There's people who came before us to set an example of faith for us. Well, why don't you guys take a second? And look around this room. You can look around. That's cool. <laughs> There's people behind you, in front of you, next to you. You guys are surrounded by people who are living by faith. You're surrounded by people who want to walk with you. If you haven't invited somebody into your life to surround you, 
You should do it. I'm just getting my rock out. My friend gave me a rock. Okay. We're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. And that gives us permission to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Have you guys ever worn like a big heavy jacket and you're like getting hot? I think about it like when I'm in the car driving and I've got like my jacket on and a scarf and I start to get super hot and it's like 20 minutes before I'm gonna get to my destination. I just have to take off my jacket. So you're at the stoplight and you don't know how long you have before it's gonna turn green, but you're like trying to wrench off your jacket. <laughs> and you, like just get it off, get it off. Have you ever felt like that about something that's oppressing you? Ask my kids and my husband for another example, and they told me a snake. Like if you had a snake wrapped around your neck, you would want to rip it off and throw it away. I'll give them credit for that. I would rip it off and throw it away. You're not just gonna take it off slowly and mildly, right? You, you're not just gonna set it aside and maybe come back to it later when you've got sin, throw it off. You know, for me, there's things that I go back to time and time again because I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I step out in faith. So when I step out and I see God moving, I just want to run back to the familiar. But don't do it. Don't be tempted to do that because it's just going to weigh you down. You're not going to be able to run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. I think this is key. Run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. You guys are not on accident. God purposed you for something. He created you to do something really specific. You already have his permission to run in that. You don't have to get to a certain point in your life to step out. You don't have to be all put together. He already purposed you. He already gave you permission to run with perseverance. The way we do this is we fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And I really love the word in this Bible, pioneer. My other Bible says author, but this one, pioneer. It's like he's going before us. We don't always see the outcome when we step out. But if we have enough faith, we can be assured and confident that Jesus has gone ahead of us. He's already blazed the trail, and it's not going to take work. It's just going to take faith and one step after another. We're not looking for a big explosive kind of thing. We always look for miracles, right? And we think, oh, God's going to do this really big thing over here or this really big thing over there. But the really awesome thing about obeying Jesus is that it doesn't take a big explosive thing to get to where you're supposed to go. It takes one step after another. And we can all take one little step. <clears throat> Jesus endured the cross. He scorned its shame. 
And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because he was focused on the joy set before him. Spent a lot of time thinking about what what was the joy set before him? Because there's nothing joyful about dying or suffering. But he came to earth to bring his kingdom here. came to earth to make us come alive in him. That was his joy, was, was to see God glorified in his own life. And that's what gave him the capability to walk a really painful road. He was beaten, he was spit on, he was ridiculed, he was tortured, all so that we could go on after him and give people the gospel story. So if you just stay focused on that, fix your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on what he did for us so that we can take that to the world. Because what if You never gave somebody else the opportunity to live in freedom the way that you get to. That'd be awful. And if all of us in this room just gave one person that chance, and every person after that gave another person the chance, it would not take long to make history for the kingdom. And it's just one relationship, one step, maybe even just one word or smile or eye contact. You guys don't have to be afraid to step out. Verse 3 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we consider Jesus, but consider the people that you just looked around at. Consider the people you're surrounded by. Who do you know that's really nailing the faith game? (laughs) You've got to know somebody, because I know a lot of people in this room who've made me stronger. When you think of that person, when you're losing heart, when you think you just can't go another day, find a relationship that you have and take them out for coffee. You can go for a walk with them. Just invite them into your life. I took a rock out of my pocket earlier, right here. My friend gave this to me because she knew I'd be really nervous. Her faith makes me stronger. I have a card from a really incredible woman that I know. Her faith makes me stronger. I had coffee with the best mom I know. Can you even look at you? <laughs> she makes me a better mom and a better woman. I got so many texts from people Right this week when I thought I was just going to quit. I can't do it. I can't do this. I'm so scared. I knew who was praying for me. They were in relationship with me. This is not just my journey. This is a journey of the people I've invited into my life. And really, it's the journey of Church Project. Because I've been here a long time in a lot of brokenness. When we first came to Church Project, I had this black hoodie that I would wear. The room was always dark. Um, I was painted black. It was a small room. I put my hoodie on every Sunday morning, 
put the hood over my head, and I'd hide in the corner where nobody could see me. Except for one day, Pastor Aaron saw me, and he decided he was going to come talk to me. I was against the wall. I had really nowhere to go, but I saw him walking towards me. I stepped back into a bookshelf and knocked everything over. It was like, it was a disaster. I was mortified because I made a scene. Peter later was like, what was that? What, what were you doing? <laughs> I was not satisfied with being invisible. I was not satisfied with being nobody. I was just afraid of what would happen if I let Jesus pull me out of the darkness and make me somebody. After some people walked with me, after people took the time to gain my trust, I was able to step out. I was able to throw off my chains. I was able to trust Jesus to turn me into something that he could use to make history for his church. It was painful. It was a lot of work. But it was worth the struggle to throw off my weights and run. So, church, don't be afraid to make history happen because God has made you capable. He's already plotted the course for you and he has purposed you for something really, really incredible if you would just do one step of faith at a time. I want to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so, so, so much for walking with us in this journey, for giving us the gift of faith, for purposing us, and I just ask that you would make us bold enough and brave enough to follow you. In your name I pray. Amen.